Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Let's open with prayer. My heavenly Father, it is written. You inhabit the praises of your people. So we know you are here right now. Father, I thank you. And I ask that the power of my Lord be great, that you grant us grace, that you open our eyes that we can see, that you open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken, that you turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. And I ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. All right. Smith Wigglesworth has a, a, a beautiful testimony. He had a friend of his, 20 years his senior, that helped him, taught him a lot of the word of God. And this gentleman, we'll call him Mr. C, had a wife. And one day, Mr. C went to see Smith Wigglesworth. And he said, Smith, my wife, the doctors tell me this is the last day she'll live. Smith Wigglesworth said, Mr. C, can't you believe God? And Mr. C said, I have looked at you when you have spoke, and I have cried tears. I wish I had the confidence you do. And Smith turned around and told him, can you trust God? Can you trust God? And, Mr. and Smith Wigglesworth went and got another gentleman. He said, I want you to come and pray with me. We're going to go to this woman's house. She's dying. He said, we're going to go and we're going to pray for her. And the gentleman said, I can't go. He said, I don't got the faith. He said, I know he'll, you'll hear, she'll be healed if you go, but I can't go. Smith went to another man. He said, I know you can pray. I want you to join me. I want you to go to this house where this woman, it's her last day to live. I said, I want you to join me and come with me and pray for this woman for her healing. He said, I know you can pray. Well, then he went. So it was Smith Wigglesworth. It was Mr. C, and it's this friend. And they're all going to pray for this woman. They're in her room. She's on her deathbed. So Smith says, you go first, the friend. The, Smith, uh, the friend starts praying, oh, God, oh, God, strengthen this man in his sorrow. Strengthen in him and help him to take care of these little motherless children. Smith said he was about to choke. He said he couldn't wait till that guy stopped praying. And then he, when he finished, he said, all right. He said, Mr. Smith, you, you pray. So Mr. C, his wife's right there. I'm sure she really appreciated this. She's dying, and her husband starts praying, oh, God, help me after she's gone. Strengthen me. Strengthen me. i got to take care of all these motherless children. Smith said he couldn't wait till he shut up. You know what? Smith will tell you, you know what their problem was? They were looking at the dying woman, and they weren't looking at Jesus. They were looking at the dying woman, and they weren't looking at Jesus. Smith didn't even bother to pray. He went up to the side of her bed. He had a vial of oil, and he poured the whole thing on her head. He said, I can't wait to let God do something. The minute he poured that oil on her, he saw Jesus right above her bed. Smith said, Jesus had the most beautiful smile on his face. Smith turned and looked at the woman and he said, Woman, thy be whole in Jesus. And the woman stood up totally healed despite her husband. Now, 
I'm going to ask you a question. And I'm going to ask some of you to shake yourselves a little bit and get rid of your self-righteousness. Do you have a need from God? And if you do, God wants you to raise your hand. Do you have a need from God? Do you need something? Good. Some of you wouldn't, you had to get rid of some of the self-righteousness just to get your hand raised. Now, I'm going to show you, if you will listen to my words, if you will listen to my words today, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you will get the need met. But you're going to have to listen and you're going to have to do what the word of God says. And how do I know it? Because it worked for me. This worked for me over and over again. Turn with me to Romans 1.16. First of all, we got to lay a floor you can stand on. You need God, you need the power of God in your life, here it is. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I am not afraid to trust in it. I'm not ashamed to use it. I'm not afraid to hang on to it. You got that? We're building the floor first. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? For it is the power of God. It is the power of God. The power of God is in the gospel. It is no place else. The power that God uses to move on our behalf is in the gospel. It is not in the law. It is not in the law. It is in the gospel. Got that? It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Everyone. Everyone. You hear that? Everyone. You are not left out of everyone. Nobody is. The power of God is available to everyone that believes. Everyone. Oh, but this isn't for me. That's the devil lying to you. And the devil is a liar. The word of God is truth. Everyone that believeth. Now, what is that gospel we got to hang on to? What is that floor we're going to stand on? Go with me to 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to go to verse 3. For I delivered unto you first of all, which I also received. This is the definition of the gospel, the bona fide definition of the gospel. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. There is your gospel. There is where the power is. That's the floor you're going to stand on. You got it? That Jesus died, that he was buried, and that he rose again. Turn with me to Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ, Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You got that? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday when he was walking on this earth. The same yesterday, today, and forever. The same things he did when he was walking on the earth, he will do today. And he will do them tomorrow. He hasn't changed. He may not be standing on the earth, but he hasn't changed. And he is in us. 
and anything that he has done when he walked this earth, he will do right now. Do you understand that? Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is no change, never has been. Why? Because he hasn't changed. He is alive, folks. He is in heaven and seated at the right hand of the Father, but he's alive. He is not dead. He has a body. He has feet. He has hands. He has eyes. He has a mouth. He is alive. Alive. The same life he had in him when he walked out of the grave. He hasn't changed. Jesus, yesterday, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You got that on your floor? Now you got a little higher. All right, now, go with me to Isaiah 53, the gospel. The gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. I'm just going to read three verses out of this. We don't have time for all of it, but three verses. Verse 4, surely, surely, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Surely, that hasn't changed. Surely. He has borne our griefs, our sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, our pain. Yet we did esteem him stricken of God and afflicted. But, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. This is Jesus on the cross. This is the gospel. But he was wounded for our transgressions. You got some sin you got to get rid of? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon... Yeah, I bind you, wicked spirit. The chastisement of our peace was on that body. You know what that means? The chastisement, the punishment, the correction, whatever needed to be done for us to have that peace was done on the body of Jesus. And what is that peace? You look that word up. You know what that word is? Shalom. Shalom. You know what shalom means? It means peace. It means prosperity. It means a job when you need it. It means health. It means safety. Anything you need from God, the punishment, the correction to get it was put on the body of Jesus. Do you hear that? The correction, the punishment for what we need was put on the body of Jesus. You need a job? Well, the the reason you can't get a job was put on the body of Jesus. You need some money? The reason you need money? Do you have a curse in your family? Well, that was put on Jesus. It was put on Jesus. Do you need healing? It was put on Jesus. Do you need anything? It was put on Jesus. And you know what happened? That Jesus took the punishment. He took our transgressions and our iniquities, and he went to hell with them. Jesus died a sinner. He died the the worst sinner. Jesus died a sinner for you. He took your sin, and he put it on his own body. The Father laid it on him. Why? Because the Father loves you. The Father laid that sin on Jesus, and Jesus died a sinner, and he went to hell for you. And after three days, three days, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did what the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob promised to do. He went down, and he got his son out of hell. 
and he raised him from the dead. And when he raised that body from the dead, he forgave you and I. He healed you and I. He made us rich. When he was, Jesus was raised from the dead. That is the gospel. Now, somewhere in that gospel is your need. Somewhere in Isaiah 53, your need fits. And if it doesn't fit anywhere else, I like the catch 22 of the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Anything you need is in that gospel. You got that? Now, one step up. Go with me to Mark 10. I love this passage. You don't know how many times this passage has got me my salvation. Mark 10, verse 46. And they came to Jericho. And as it was, when, as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, this is Jesus. He's walking out of Jericho with his disciples. And a great number of people. So Jesus isn't walking, meandering down the road, just him and 12 guys. It's a whole bunch of people. Do you get that? A whole bunch of people in these days were going with Jesus. It says, and he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people. Blind Bartimaeus. The son of Timaeus sat by the wayside begging. And when he heard, couldn't see, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. He began to cry out. And he said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, my God, cover your ears. It's going to get loud. It got loud. Why? You will see why. It says, and many charged him, uh, Bartimaeus, that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more. Bartimaeus, got to get quiet. You're getting too loud. Bartimaeus, you're getting too loud. He cried the more. Why? Because he wanted a need met. How bad do you want this? I guarantee you, your need will be met if you want it bad enough. If you want it bad enough, it will be met. Every need that I've had and I've done this, it has been met. I guarantee it. But you're going to have to want it bad enough. You're going to have to want it. You're going to have to get off your chair. You're going to have to open your mouth. And you're going to have to get loud. Some of you are going to have to get loud. I've never been loud my whole life. You know what they called me in elementary school? My teachers called me the church mouse. Can you believe it? Look at the transformation, Mrs. Blinkenstuffer. And when they heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him. Not just one, many charged him. So he should hold his peace, and he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying, Be a good cheer, arise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Jesus answered him and said, What will I that I should do unto you? What do you want? What do you want? Blind Bartimaeus knew exactly what he wanted. He just didn't want a good feeling. He just didn't want whatever you want, Jesus, whatever you want. 
No, blind Bartimaeus knew exactly what he wanted. And Jesus asked him, what will that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Jesus said unto him, go thy way. Look at these next two words, these next four words. Thy faith, thy faith made you whole. Thy faith made you whole. Blind Bartimaeus had faith. How do you know he had faith? Because he got loud. You mean that's faith? He got what he needed. Why? Because he got loud and he insisted and he wasn't going to stop until he got it. That's faith. That is faith. You got to go after it and you're not going to take no for an answer. Turn with me. I think Miss Blinkett-Stirford just rolled over in her grave. She did. She called me a church mouse. Miss, Mrs. Brooks called me a church mouse. Mrs. Thompson called me a church mouse. She's just so quiet. We can never get her to speak up. All right. Matthew 4, 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman. Oh, my God, a woman. A woman. Now, they're supposed to be quiet. Women are supposed to be silent in the church. Yeah, yeah, and we'll die there. All right? Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Notice, the woman is not a Hebrew. She is not a Jew. Notice, she's a woman. Notice she says the same thing that blind Bartimaeus said, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And notice she isn't even coming for herself. She's not coming to Jesus for herself. She's coming because she has a daughter that's grievously vexed with a devil. Her daughter's the one that needs help. And the mother's coming to get Jesus. She left her daughter at home because she knows she's going to go get Jesus. She's going to get to Jesus. Mothers, fathers, you got a child in trouble? Get to Jesus. Get to Jesus, and I'll show you how. It says, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But Jesus answered her not a word. He ignored her. Jesus ignored her. Did that stop her? Did it stop her? How bad do you want this? Did it stop the woman? Jesus ignored her. How bad do you want this? But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cried out after us. The woman's too loud. Tell her to get out of here. She's driving us crazy. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I am not sent. He just told the woman, I'm not going to help you. Do you hear that? He just told the woman, I'm not going to help you. I'm not sent to you. And then she came and she worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. She didn't take no for an answer. Do you mean you can tell God that? Oh, yes, you can. 
You absolutely can. And you know what? He likes when you do. But he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Do you see what Jesus called the power he walked in? He called it the children's bread. The power that he walked in, the ability, the healing, the deliverance, all the things he had, he called it the children's bread. And he said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dog. He just called that woman a dog. Have you ever seen a reaction of when you call a woman a dog? She didn't listen. She didn't listen. She didn't care. She didn't care. Why? She had a daughter at home, grievously tormented, and she wanted an answer. How bad do you want this? How bad do you want this? I guarantee you, you listen to this woman, and she will tell you, you will get your need if you want it bad enough. But you've got to want it, and you've got to want it bad. All right, then Jesus said, oh, well, um, and then she said, truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. She was going to get whatever she could get. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, look what he said to this loud woman who wouldn't shut up. Look what he said to this woman that was loud and followed him and wouldn't say, take no for an answer. Look what he said to her. He said, oh, woman, great is thy faith. Great is thy faith. He called somebody that would follow him and wouldn't let him go. Great is thy faith. Great is thy faith. Be it unto thee according to thy word. What happened when she went home? Uh, she, he said, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Her need was met. Her need was met. Now, your need is based in the gospel. Your need is based in the gospel. Your answer for your need is in that gospel. And I want to show you something. Go with me to 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. When I therefore was thus minded, did I use lightness? For the things that I purpose, do I purpose according to the flesh that with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, nay? Yes and no. Yes, no, maybe. But as God is true, our word towards you was not yea and nay. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by us, even by me and Sylvanus and Timotheus and Kathy D, was not yea and nay, but in him was yes. Yes. Do you hear that? Now the next, next verse. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen. All the promises are yes. You don't take no for an answer. All the promises are yes. I had a situation, I'll tell you real quick here. Back in 2008, I was in severe financial trouble. Everything around me was dying. The dog was dying. My plants were dying. Everything was dying, including me. I went to Jesus, and I said, I have your face right in front of me, and I am not going to let you go until you help me. I am not going to let you go until you help me. And I said, I will take, I will not take no for an answer. Two weeks 
day and night. Every time I turn around, Jesus, you have to help me. I will not take no for an answer. I will not leave you alone until you help me. Two weeks, yes, I got loud. If you're in that desperation, you will get loud. I would do anything. And you know what? After two or three weeks, I can't remember exactly, I got a phone call and my needs were met. God delivered me out of everything and he will deliver you if you will call on him, if you will go to him and don't take no for an answer. God bless. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, post office box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.